I'm Ben Amos. Join me as we dive deep into how some of the best in business, marketing, content creation, and education wield powerful and effective stories to engage audiences and drive action. Welcome to Engage With Story. In 2010, Ashton Wood bought a Jeep. In 2014, Ashton Wood destroyed his Jeep. With the help of a viral campaign, a Kickstarter project and hundreds of random strangers, he smashed it with hammers, ripped doors off with crowbars, shot it with metal tipped arrows and tore the roof off with an excavator. But the real story here, it's not the Jeep. For me, it's the story of how Ashton used social media and storytelling to get massive public support to destroy his car and eventually to lobby the Australian government for new laws to protect customers of large vehicle manufacturers and get the big guys to pay out over 1.6 million in refunds for lemon vehicles. Now, Ashton knows the power of social media firsthand, and he now runs a successful social media marketing company based on the Sunshine Coast in Australia. So, you wanna hear more of his story? Well, this is why I wanted to get him on the show today. In this chat with Ashton, we discuss why some stories go viral online where others simply go unnoticed. We talk about the power of social media for small businesses and how telling the right stories in the right ways on these channels can really get your business noticed and at little to no cost. And because I love to get practical and actionable insights from my guests, I ask Ashton to share with us his top three do's and don'ts when it comes to storytelling on social media for small businesses. Now, there were some less than ideal audio issues with this episode recording, so bear with us. We'll be back to the usual great sound quality next week. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right, so Ashton Wood, welcome to Engage With Story. Thanks for your time today, mate. Thanks for having me, Ben. So I've given you or our listeners a bit of an introduction into some of your backstory uh, in my introduction there before we, before we started this, uh, this interview, but I'd love to dive in a bit further into your story and, and tell us what, what led to your passion for social media and storytelling and uh, what got you to where you are today. Yeah, sure, Ben. Thank you. Um, look, I started as an IT consultant in corporate, so I, I dealt with um, very large banking and mining industries. And I used to propose systems that would manage and monitor their networks. So these were, you know, two and three million dollar platforms that would just watch their platforms and tell us when things were going wrong or starting to go wrong so we could get onto it real quick. And um, I remember the defining moment for me was where we, we had the customer call up and say, there's a major problem in the network, there's a major problem in the network, what's going on? So they've come to me and said, hey, you know, why didn't you tell us? You know, we should have had SMSs, we should have had emails, well, what's going on? And I had a look at the platform and it was perfect. There was absolutely nothing wrong with the platforms. And I said, well, guys, I can't see anything wrong here. How are you hearing about this? And they said, oh, it's all over social media. Customers are screaming they can't get their money out of the ATMs. I'm like, really? Whereabouts are these customers? And it turned out it was a local Telstra failure in an area that affected these ATMs that were connected via 3G at the time. So it was right outside the network that I dealt with. Um, but interesting that, you know, the customers were basically blaming the banking system for failing where it actually wasn't the banking system. It was the, one of the carriers. So that got me really interested in social media. I thought, wow, this is, this is interesting. You know, people have their own story and, and can see things that systems can't. So I started monitoring social media platforms and the internal systems to see 
what people were saying. So that's kind of how it all got started. Yeah, um, yeah the power of, of that collective voice on social media and I think, ooh, you yeah, know, for telling yeah. good stories but also not so good stories for business as well. Yeah, that's so true and, and that's kind of what led me on to my Jeep thing was um, after all that I was, I was doing social media for customers and I bought a, a new Jeep, it was a $50,000 car and um, just had problems galore from day one. Like I'd had a Jeep before, that a brand new one, it was perfect, not a problem. This thing on the first day, I tried to drive it off the dealer's driveway, and it dropped a fuel line and started pumping fuel all over the floor. So um, I realised at that point that oh, what have I done? Um, so it sort of it festered for about two years. We have all these problems with this car, and it kept getting towed back in and sorted. You know, they'd, they'd fix it and come back; it would break down again. So after about two years, I finally lost it, and I said, "Look, this is ridiculous, guys. It's a fifty thousand dollar brand new car. I expect it to work." Uh, I said, just give me back my money and I'll go buy another car or give me another car. I don't mind. Like, just give me a car that works. And, um, yeah, interesting dealing with a company that big. They basically said, bad luck, buddy. Uh, we'll keep fixing it under warranty, but we're certainly not going to give you a refund or replacement. So I, I started trying the normal methods. I went to Office of Fair Trading. I went to the ACCC. Um, I even pulled them into a courtroom and I could not get anywhere. And I was just shocked that that. You know, the laws are not there to support people who buy things of that sort of expense. So I end up flying down to Melbourne to meet with the head office directly. And they, they held the, the meeting in a large law firm to try and scare me. They sent some lawyers in and some other people as well. So I took a lawyer with me. And in that meeting, they said to me, um, if the car's such a problem, why don't you just unsell it to someone else or trade it in huh. like anyone else would? Yeah, right. And that's when I saw red. And I went, you know what? you guys need to take this car off me and destroy it. And if you don't, I will. And um, so that was kind of the, the threat that I made. It wasn't something I'd kind of planned. I was just like, oh, morally, I can't sell this car to someone else. So because um, I knew a thing about, or two about social media, I, I cranked up a social media campaign and uh, I called it Destroy My Jeep and basically got people, friends, and then a lot more people to sponsor certain parts of the destruction of that car. <laughs> and, mm. um, we ended up, uh, the event was just going to be me and some mates with you know, some hammers and crowbars and taking apart this car. And then by the time the event came around, so many people had seen on social media and jumped on it that we ended up having it hosted at someone's land. Um, someone brought in two 25-ton excavators to help destroy it. Uh, a lady called me and said, what are you doing about music on the day? I said, music? She goes, yeah, well, I organise bands. If you can get me a stage, I'll bring two bands in. I went, yeah, done. Let's do that. We had the coffee machine, we had the coffee man there. We had um, Breast Cancer Foundation came along and did some fundraising for themselves. Uh, it just got so big. And um, I, I guess it shows the power of social media. If it's used the right way, uh, it can really help spread a good message. Um, obviously, if there was anything untoward about it, then you get the backlash as well. And I've seen that with a lot of, um, well, some of the customers have come to us, their products may not have been where they should have been. Um, and if you're not, you know, speaking the truth on social media, then it can it can really be your worst enemy. But if you're doing the right thing, it's a great way to spread a message. And yeah. the funny things were, were the, um, you know, the corporate at the time I was dealing with, Fiat Chrysler, they um they really weren't handling social media very well themselves at all. So um, I really didn't have a problem with what I was trying to get put out there because they didn't know how to sort of respond to it or deal with it. Um, you know, every time they'd run an ad in their own social media circles. 
people just tag me or destroy my Jeep and then my page will get a spike. So they're kind of helping me every time they run ads. Um, yeah, I think it's what's really interesting there is, like you, you said there, the, the concept or the idea of destroy my Jeep was, you know, just something that you, I guess, stumbled into in a way. Um, but you obviously, you know, had determination to go through it, but it, it kind of, as social media played its role and the story played out, it kind of built its built momentum around it and people got behind your story and, and, you know, people, I guess, found something in your predicament of your lemon Jeep and that, you know, that event of destroying the Jeep that they, you know, latched onto. And, you know, that's the power of a good story. But what do you think it was that allowed that event destroying your Jeep to go, you know, somewhat viral? You know, why did people care so much and get behind it? I think they could see that I was doing it for the right reasons. I wasn't doing it to, to you know, make a million dollars. I was basically saying, guys, I need help because I'm going to destroy this car, but I owe $28,000 on it. So um, I can't just drop $28,000 on a car. So people were saying, oh, you know, I'll pay you $25 if I can shoot an arrow at it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, one, one guy paid $150, but he wanted to keep the door that got literally ripped off. So the, there's all sorts of, all, all, all different parts of that Jeep all around Australia now in people's houses and showrooms and <laughs> workshops and things. So um, it, it just, I, I guess people thought, good on you, mate. You know, you, you're giving the little guy a go. Um, you, you're not backing down because I just morally, you know, I'm not selling this car to someone else. But out of that, a lot of people came out of the woodwork and came to me and said, we've got the same problem or similar problems to you. You know, and we're stuck. What do you suggest? You know, we're, we're paying off this car. We, we can't rely on, we can't drive, we can't trust it. Can, can you recommend anything? So I, with that, I went back into the um, ACCC and said to them, guys, look, it's not just me. There's a whole lot of us. And they said, uh, look, we're sorry we don't investigate individual problems. Uh, and I said, well, this is, you know, a face-to-face meeting in Brisbane with them. And I, and I said to them, well, with all due respect, what do you do for $180 million a year? And they kind of looked at me and said, well, you know, we look for patterns. And if we see patterns forming, then we will investigate. I said, well, if you don't take my case or a few others, how do you form a pattern? So they probably mistakenly said to me, you can fill in a form online on the ACCC website. And if we see enough cases there, then we will investigate. So back out to social media, I went and said, right, everyone, who's got a problem with your, your Jeeps? Uh, fill in this form here. Tell me you've done it and I'll follow up the ACCC. So the ACCC ended up getting enough cases to investigate and um, have put Fiat Chrysler on what's called a redress program, which has basically meant they've had to write checks to hundreds if not thousands of customers. Uh, They're building a a large spares warehouse in Brisbane now. They've uh, increased their customer service team. They've improved the the warranties. Now you would have seen this now five-year warranty in Jeep instead of three and they're rolling out a new dealer trainer program as well so that's costing them tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars to do all this um on top of that i now send cases directly into them so i've set up a database that people can basically tell me their story and it will go straight to senior management at fiat chrysler and they've dealt with i'm keeping track of what they're doing and they've dealt with 1.8 million dollars worth of cases i've sent them so far so there you go all, all from one little facebook page so, um, you know, you don't need to have multi-million dollars when it comes to social media. If you do it the right way, um, you can have massive results. You really can. Yeah, and I think, you know, what you've talked us through there is where you've used social media and, and that story you're telling through your social media channels to 
affect another business in a very interesting way. But, you know, what I'd love to dive into now with you is how people can use storytelling on social media to affect change in their own business, you know, effectively as marketing to get the right stories out there for their business. So, you know, when you you talk about that idea of your, your destroy my Jeep campaign going, going viral, and I use that term, you know, warily because viral is, is, quite dependent on what your particular goal is for, for anything really. But what do you, what do you think it is about, about using social media in a way that spreads where some ideas seem to kick off and other ideas, they kind of go relatively unnoticed with all good intentions. Yeah, look, it's basically the way I ran that campaign is a way that, you know, we, we train our clients and we talk to our customers about how to do it. And it's, it's getting your own face on there. It's talking directly to your fan base, whether it be good or bad. I mean, we, we had some people come on there who love their Jeeps who had a, a few cracks, but that's okay. I, you know, I spoke directly to them on video. So like I, I ran some Facebook lives and let them comment and let others see what they were saying. And also running ads. So I, I was pretty targeted with my, with my ad campaigns through that as well. So I targeted um, the media in Australia. And yeah, the media have been fantastic and they, they can be. So you can run a good social media page and engage well with your fans. And you can kind of inform the media about it on the side through advertising. So you're just targeting certain types of media. And you'll, you'll find you'll actually probably get stories running papers um, maybe on radio and maybe even on TV if your story's big enough. Yeah, yeah. And um, when you think about social media just in general for businesses, you mm-hmm. know, why do you think it is such a, powerful, such a powerful tool for business? And, you know, where does it fit for, for most small businesses as opposed to traditional, traditional marketing channels? I think it's, look, it's probably one of the only ways that you can actually build rapport with your customers. So the other traditional media, you're you're writing, you know, media releases and you publish them and people you're hoping are going to read or watch them or or hear them on the radio. Uh, With social media, you put something out there, people who want to respond will, and they expect you to respond back as well. So it's it's a two-way street. So we say to a lot of our customers, don't just post and walk away. You know, don't, don't post something and then say, right, I'll look at Facebook again in a week's time. If you're going to put something out there, and especially if you're going to run ads, be there to take that response. And the good thing about social media platforms is they'll, they'll inform you, so you don't need to literally sit there with a, the window open in front of you the whole time. You'll, you'll get notifications when people are responding, whether they're commenting, liking, sharing, responding to polls, that sort of thing. So, but it is two-way. You know, people connect with people. And when it comes to social media, uh, what we say to all our clients is, you know, people are not on Facebook to digest business information in most cases. They're there to see what their friends are doing. So, you know, who's at the cafe, who's at the beach, who's on holiday, whose kids are doing something big, who's having a birthday party. So the conversation needs to be fairly light. Um, it's not a hard sell. You know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't have a two-page sales letter as a post in Facebook because you're probably not going to get much of a response from that. However, if you're there doing a live video, um, you know, selfie style, filming yourself talking to your fans and actually having a conversation with them, that will do really well. Um, even birthday cakes at the office do really well, believe it or not. They'll, they'll normally trump a lot of their best content. Just, you know, a simple someone singing happy birthday to someone in an office and blowing out a candle. You'll probably see a better response on that in social media than your best written article. <laughs> It's about being human, isn't it? You know, ultimately that's, that's the, the best way to approach social media is, is thinking about, you know, the, 
audience on the other end of that social channel is our humans too. And you need to respect that and talk, talk to them in that human way, that conversation. Um, yeah. And definitely get your face on there. But you know, we've, we've had clients that have just wanted to hide behind their Facebook page and just have pictures of, you know, it might be a, a mortgage broker and they just want pictures of, you know, some, some books and a laptop on a desk and say, call us for the best rate. Uh, you know, that's not going to work. They need to be actually sitting there with their face, you know, smiling or preferably talking to camera, uh, saying, look, we can help you with what you need. Because uh, people definitely connect with people on social media and any of that, um, you know, the, the, the corporate branding is what we call it. It just doesn't flow on social media. People just see right past it. Yeah, I think, you know, people can really take a lot from that, uh, you know, your Destroy My Jeep campaign where you weren't really going into it with a specific uh, business outcome or objective. And I think, you know, although a strategy is important and, and knowing what you're doing on social media, I think if you approach social media for business, you know, just from a genuine sharing conversational place, then you're going to be onto a winner, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, look. The most popular pages out there are the, you know, the, I mean, I've got teenage kids, a daughter and a son, and, you know, they show me some of the pages of, you know, 15 to 18 year old girls who are just doing makeup. They're not there selling, they're literally just there applying makeup and showing people tips of how to do it. And they've got some huge following groups, and then they end up getting sponsorship through the makeup companies. Um, you know, I've got a, a daughter in law who's down in Brisbane who gets sent, um, just regularly just gets packs of things turned up at the door. And she'll just talk about it. Uh, so even the teenagers are nailing it at the moment. It's quite quite interesting to watch the way they respond differently to to us older folk. <laughs> yeah, and when we think They're about, about it, I was just going to say when we think about the power of storytelling on social media, and we've identified earlier just how powerful that can be, and and how that helped, you know, get people to rally behind your your Jeep campaign. Um, mm. How would you suggest that businesses approach that idea of storytelling? within their social media campaigns? Yeah, I think people need to really engage with who they are and why they're in business in the first place. So not so much about the product that they sell, but the story that they tell. Yeah. So it's really about, you know, who are you as a person? Why are you doing what you're doing? You know, why are you passionate about it? Share your passion. Tell people what, what you're doing. You know, it's the, the old, you know, hold this thing up and say 30% off, that doesn't go so well. <laughs> but if you're having a heart-to-heart with uh, people on your social media group about, you know, your day, and even if you have a good day or a bad day, let them see it. Let them see you're human at the end of the day. Yeah, I like that. It's not about the product that you sell. It's about the stories right. you tell. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to get really practical with you now, Ashton, all right? So I know you, you spend a lot, of, a lot of time within your own agency and your own business educating people about how to do social media better, particularly mm. small businesses. So you're kind of the go-to source for this. So yeah. I'd love to pick your brain a bit and ask mm-hmm. you for, could you share with us your top three tips? In fact, I want to actually structure it around some do's and don'ts. So, you know, let's talk about maybe starting with the top three things that businesses really must be doing when it comes to telling engaging stories online. Sure. Okay. So, so I guess the first really key thing is to engage with your customers. So you'll start to tell a story and you won't see a lot of engagement because people are going, Oh, hang on. What's this? This is a bit new. Um, so just keep at it, you know, stick to it. It's kind of like, you know, trying to run a marathon. You're not going to run on the first day. You want to train for it. So 
you know, they call it sticking to the knitting. So just keep doing it. But when you're getting engagement from people, respond back because that's how the social media platforms work. If, if you're putting a lot of content out and no one's responding back and, and you're responding to them, they just assume no one's interested in what you're doing. So they'll show your content to less and less of your fans. Mm. So that's, that's a key part is, is that, you know, stick to what you're doing, keep it going out there and respond to your customers as much as you can. Yeah, that's awesome. So there's your top three do's. Now let's talk about what you shouldn't be doing. What are the, what are the don'ts when it comes to what don'ts social media? Is, um, yeah, don't take shortcuts. That's the biggest thing that can affect someone's pages is, uh, you know, people who go out there and they buy fake audiences, for example. Um, oh, yeah. You might have a page that looks really nice and popular with 10,000 fans, but if they're not real people or if they're in other countries, that's not going to help your page grow. Uh, Facebook, as I said, they'll look at interaction on your page. And if you've got 100 really good customers and 10,000 fake ones, Facebook doesn't know the difference. So it just assumes that out of 10,100 people, only 100 are interested. That's not very good. Your page is not going to flow very well. So do what the social medias have built their platforms for. Don't try and cheat the systems. Uh, the next one is keep up to date with all the changes because these platforms, they are changing all the time. Um, we ourselves have a Facebook manager who's based over in um, New Zealand. And every week we talk to him about, you know, what's the latest in Facebook, what's changed, what's happening. And we're amazed at the amount of things that change in that place, um, you know, for such a big organization. And, and I guess they're trying to make sure every single platform, you know, their threat are the other platforms. So they want to make sure they're giving you every possible feature that you need so you don't leave a particular platform and go somewhere else. And if you watch Facebook really closely, you'll see that, you know, they suddenly get some Snapchat-y kind of features come in. Then they kind of got Instagram features come in and now that then they bought Instagram. So that's a lot easier to integrate. But um, yeah, there's a few things now that, uh, that Facebook have bought in that are just, you know, if you follow their, I guess their release notes and how they're releasing new features, if you do that with them, then you'll be rewarded by your page flying quite well. Yeah. And I guess you're also, uh, you know, by staying current on those platforms, you also potentially have, an early mover advantage from a business standpoint as well, because if you are, you know, early to to take up um, and start implementing and using new tools, new ways of communicating, new ways of engaging with your audiences, then you know you're you're really going to get the leg up on your competition, right? Absolutely. I mean, two of the two of the latest things that, that Facebook are just harping on about now is um, Instagram Stories. Not a lot of people are using those, um, so. They're saying if you use those in your business, you're going to sort of stand right out of, away from the crowd. Is Facebook and stories? Instagram stories. Oh, Instagram stories. Yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah, because obviously Facebook have rolled out their own stories platform as well. Yeah, they have. Um, but the one that works well with Facebook now is uh, it's called a full screen canvas. Mm. And it's basically uh, when you run ads within Facebook, you can have your ad appear and if someone touches the screen um, it will become a full screen ad, uh, which can scroll through kind of like a landing page for a website. And, you know, they see some awesome results in that because not a lot of people are doing it. Some of the larger corporates are obviously because they've got their own Facebook teams behind them telling them what to do. But, um, you know, those sorts of little things we're hearing from Facebook, the snippets we get out of them, we go and implement them for our customers straight away. And um, it's just our customers' competitors are just like, what? How do I do that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. So, um, it's just staying ahead of the curve, Paul, really, you know, trying to, trying to do what others are not yet doing. Yeah. Hey, Ashton, I reckon we could go off talking about tools and tactics and strategies on social media for 
for another <laughs> hour or so, but I did just want to just recap those don'ts that you talked about. And I think we need to grab one more off you as well. So that you, you mentioned, don't take shortcuts. You mentioned, you know, stay current or, or in other words, don't get left behind with changes on these social platforms. Is there a third don't that we can wrap up our nice little package of don'ts with? Yeah. Don't use generic content. You know, don't go off Love and it. find those generic images. Get your own, you know, make your own content. It's your business. It's your personality. It's your staff. If you've got staff, it's your, you know, shop front. If you've got a shop, use that. That's so much better than stealing stuff off the internet. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think that's really good advice. And, um, you know, I know our listeners have, you know, been able to get a lot of really good practical and tactical tips from you today, as well as, you know, a bit of inspiration as well about, you know, just taking action and, and finding something that you're passionate about and using social media to get your story out there. So I really appreciate your time here today on Engage with Story, Ashton. And just to, uh, to leave us today, um, can you share with us where you can find, where people can find more about you or follow what you're doing? Where's the best place yeah, to stay in touch? Sure, thanks, ben. Yeah, they can stalk us on Facebook, obviously. Um, so just look up IC3 Solutions on Facebook, stalk us there. Uh, like our page, we've got a lot of content on there. Uh, we've also got newsletters, so feel free to um, join one of our newsletters that come out every month. And in that, we've got videos and and links to the latest that Facebook's telling us uh, they want us to do. So um, they're the, probably the two main ways to hit us. Um, otherwise, you know, we run training sessions that normally go for about four to five hours. So I tried to cram that into 20 minutes with you today. Um, <laughs> we, we teach people how to do this for themselves and how to run the ad campaigns and platforms. Uh, and we also manage clients' pages for them. So if people are too busy working on their own business, then we can just come and manage their marketing for them. Excellent. So check out IC3 Solutions through Facebook first and foremost, guys. Um, and Ashton, thanks for your time today. It's been fun. You're welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me. And thanks again to Ashton Wood from IC3 Solutions. Now, I know you want to see pictures of the Jeep being destroyed, right? Well, head on over to destroymyjeep.com for videos, pictures, and to see more of the full story. And thanks again for joining me this week. As always, I love your feedback, so shoot me a message on Twitter at EngageBen or email ben at engagevideomarketing.com anytime and I'll get straight back to you. Now, this episode is brought to you by my free online video strategy foundations course for business owners who are really wanting to make an impact online with effective online video strategy. If you're ready to get started the right way with online video content marketing for your business, then jump in to my free foundations video course over at engagevideomarketing.com slash foundations. So that's it for this week. Now we've one more episode to go next week to wrap up the year before the Engage With Story podcast takes a little break over the Christmas period. Now I look forward to being back at you then, but to leave you now with a quote, and this one by entrepreneur, speaker, and author Peter Guber. He says, purposeful storytelling isn't show business, it's good business. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next week.